This is the Todd Vino Show on News 95.7. Time now for Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership. Brought to you by Clinton Wilkins Mortgage Team. Yeah, it's been a long night and the mirror's telling me to go home. But it's been a long time since I felt this good on my own. All right, Clinton Wilkins joins me, and he selected this song. I'm not sure exactly why he wanted it, but he wanted it. Clinton Wilkins. I know, but who doesn't love Fleetwood Mac? And, I mean, a little Miley Cyrus on Saturday morning, especially if it's going to take us home. Let's talk about a little bit about home ownership. All right, sounds good, my friend. Clinton Wilkins, of course, Mortgage 101. Uh, this is Financial Literacy. This is the last opportunity that I have to chat with you. It's a one-hour segment. We're going to cover it from a couple of different angles. We're going to chat with a realtor. We're going to chat with a lawyer. Then between 10.30 and 11, we'll take mortgage-related calls. And not just that, but some financial literacy as well, because uh, this is what it's all about. Tell us about Financial Literacy Month and why this is near and dear to you, Clinton. Well, November is Financial Literacy Month, and I think that buying a home is the biggest purchase of your life, and mortgage is the biggest debt. And, you know, I think Financial Literacy Month this year is more important than it ever has been in the past. You know, we've gone through some challenges, obviously, with COVID. Many people have had, you know, employment losses, have had challenges. And I think that now that we're going into November and going into the holidays and into 2021, it's a great idea to know exactly where you're at. And I think making a plan. And I think a lot of that stems, especially for Canadians, around their home and obviously their mortgage debt. Okay. All right. So what are some key components to financial literacy that that be, I think people actually having a plan, and you talk a lot about this, right? And And having a realistic knowledge of your finances, whether that be an individual or as a couple or a family or whatever the dynamic might be, having transparency, knowledge, and a plan, that's key, right? Drill down on some of that because you often talk about that. Well, I think there's just so many taboos around financial literacy. I don't know about you, Todd, and our listeners, but you know, growing up, we never talked about things like income. We never talked about credit. We didn't talk about assets. And those are three cornerstones to mortgage lending. But guess what? It's three cornerstones to financial literacy, knowing where you're at, And making a plan is just so, so important. And, you know, drilling down into things like income really means what can you afford? You know, not over, you know, buying when you're buying a car. You know, knowing what you can afford when you're buying a home. Because there's a difference between what we can get you approved for and what you can really afford. No one wants to sit in a home that they can't furnish. Or no one wants to sit in a home that they're really going into the hole every month and they need to borrow to really sustain their situation. That's not going to work over the long run. And I think that when we're talking about things like November, it's it's talking about opening your bills. Know what you owe. Know what you have in the bank. And figure out what that long-term strategy is. And everybody's situation is different. And everybody's goals are different. But I think that, you know, bringing it to the forefront in November is important. And, you know, breaking down some of those barriers and having those conversations. I see couples every day in my office that don't know what's going on between, you know, the two. If it's a partnership, you should really be in business together. And, you know, I think breaking down those barriers and having the conversation. And, you know, Todd, we did our live stream this week uh, in the office live on Facebook. And one of the things we kind of joked about is, you know, maybe you need to have a drink or maybe you need to have, you know, a bottle of wine once a month and have a budget meeting. 
and, you know, open your bills and break it down and say, okay, this is how much I owe on this. This is how much I owe on that. And, you know, when we're talking about um, things like credit, there's so many resources out there. And it's so much more important to know basically what's going on. Good, bad, ugly, indifferent. At least know what's going on. Then you can make a plan to how to really get to that next level. And you talked about apps as well during our live stream, our Facebook live stream, in which in which we did on we do each and every Tuesday. You and I do it in mm-hmm. your office. And you talk about there there are tools right for people who aren't perhaps don't have the acumen or whatever the vernacular would be to do this type of thing. There, There's a lot of resources out there, right? Well, I do it myself. I have them on my phone and I get the email notifications and I get the notifications on the app every week, which, you know, I love, you know, just being in obviously the credit granting industry, you know, I'm, you know, really interested on, you know, really what the impacts are, even for myself. Um, and they're free and it doesn't hurt your credit. So there's two great apps. And I think, you know, I really want to urge our listeners, download them right now, download them today. And you don't need to get them set up today, but if you get it on your phone, at least it'll remind you to get it set up. So there's two, one's called Borrow Well, and the other one is called Credit Karma. Mm -hmm. So they're both free. And one hooks up to Equifax, and the other one hooks up to TransUnion. And it shows you your score, it shows you your credit inquiries, it shows you all your trade lines on your credit bureau, and it will give you recommendations on how to improve your credit. And it will say, okay, keep your utilization to a maximum of 30%. Make your payments on time. And, you know, it's so important just having good credit. And I'm not going to discourage anyone. You know, everyone has been through challenges in the past. But how can you improve it and how can you not make the same mistakes again? And I think keeping an eye on it and knowing what's going on is important. We see borrowers every day that, you know, have had, you know, credit challenges in the past. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes there's blatant errors on the credit bureau. But when you have those apps, you can know exactly what's on your bureau because what you see on that app is what we see when we go to do a mortgage application. So we can know up front if there's challenges and then we can mitigate those and make a plan and figure out what the best strategy is moving forward. All right, let's bring in one of your partners here, uh, one of you, one of, one of the the realtors in the city in which you, I think, you work with a lot, James Dwyer with Angle and Volkers. Uh, James, did I say Angle and Volkers? Is that did I say that properly? Because sometimes I think I'm I don't. Yeah, you nailed it there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so so James, uh, you work with uh, a, a lot of uh, obviously you have a lot of people who you work with in in, in the mm-hmm. industry, but I'm sure that you would attest to that Clinton is is. He knows his stuff, right? Not that everybody needs more validation, but this guy knows his stuff, right? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, uh, you know, the big feedback that I get from a lot of my clients is the wealth of knowledge that Clinton brings to them and, you know, uncovers for them kind of, you know, different strategies and the different approaches. So rather than just be like, yeah, here you go, here's a pre-approval, you know, good luck, go buy a house. Clinton will kind of break that down and and lay it out at a much more, I guess, user-friendly experience for clients. So, yeah, yeah. Clinton, what's it like to? I know that, and you work with a lot of realtors, and I'm sure you pull it. You you got a good head of hair on you. I wish I had the same head of hair that you've got, but so don't pull your hair out. But I'm sure some when you're working with guys and girls that don't know their business, aren't organized like James is, because I'm sure that's that makes your job a lot tougher. And conversely, when you got somebody who's on the ball and they're sending you the docs you need, and they care about their clients, that makes the world a difference, right? Well, I think that you know the mortgage lending piece is the easiest piece of people's transactions. And I think today, 
although, you know, the market is fast and furious. I think having a good licensee, a good realtor on your side is so, so important. And James, you can speak to this. You know, I think having that independent advice for the buyers is key because it's it's wild out there. And, you know, I, I hear this every day. Like we have right now, I think over 90 people, just me, that are pre-approved out there shopping for homes. And, you know, having that a realtor on your side is going to be the maker or breaker. And I, I know there's a lot of clients who will just call up the listing agent and then act as a customer and try to negotiate. But things are just, uh, you know, to the next level. And I think having that, that, that buyer brokerage agreement is just so, so, so much more important. So maybe James, you can just give us a little update on the market and, you know, the importance of having that unbiased advice. Yeah, James, do that. Could let everybody know we hear about this red hot market here in Halifax. Is it cooling off a little bit or what, what do you, what are your, what's your experience been? Uh, I mean, overall, I mean, the summer's been, you know, considerably, uh, you know, heavy as we all know, it was a, it was a hot summer. Um, we had a little bit of a dip in September, but it seems to have just roared right kind of right back. Um, mm-hmm. the issue that we're seeing now in certain pockets throughout the city, though, is, is still like, like just no inventory. Uh, and so it's creating that pent up demand once again, um, which is, you know, uh, is what market is right now. And, and, you know, all, all anticipation will be that 2021, we should see more of the same. So it's funny because, you know, as a realtor, one of the key things that, you know, we always do for our clients is we're, we're doing a lot of research, but because the market has been so rapidly moving, you know, we've gone from, you know, exploring data points from, you know, three months ago, two months ago, six months ago to last two weeks, last 30 days so that we can get kind of real up-to-date modern information to provide for our clients so that we can put them in a position where they can be competitive, but at the same time, not going over budget or over market value. Uh, James, speak to the importance, and then we'll we'll cycle back to Clinton, of the importance of having a good, solid pre-approval uh, when with clients when they're hunting for a house, that's that's mm-hmm. integral, right? So they can make that yeah, offer it, it, and it, get it and get it locked in, right? Exactly. I mean, you know, we, we've gone from you know uh, uh, over over the last year or so, and then because the market has become more hotter, we you know we we're, we have to explore different ways to make ourselves more competitive. Um, one of the most mm-hmm. powerful clauses in any agreement of purchase and sale would definitely be the financing clause. So to explore that to its fullest as a as a buyer, you know, if you can put yourself in a position that you know um, uh, can make your your financing uh, position stronger, it definitely creates a lot more leverage for you when you're when you're making those offers. Because you know, as as selling agents, you know, it is you know it is probably the single strongest clause of any agreement purchase sale, and in some cases, it can be even more stronger than the actual uh, uh, price. And Clinton, to that again, the pre-approval working with realtors again, just drill down on that. I know that this is your bread and butter, but uh, just reiterate that, please. Well, I think the pre-approval is key, and James, I'm sure you can speak to this too. It's rare these days that we have an offer before we have a pre-approval. It does happen, but then you're really flying by the seat of your pants. You don't know if you can make that condition or not because you don't know what's on your credit, you don't know what your assets are, you don't know what your income is, and you don't know if that's actually a doable deal. And I do see that, but that's the rare occasion. You know, the clients that have a really solid pre-approval, and I'm seeing some offers today that are coming in that don't have a financing clause because we know this client can buy this house any which way. You know, they have enough skin in the game that we could go to multiple lenders and they could be approved. Sometimes it really comes down to what that valuation is on the home. 
and maybe James, you can speak to it. We're seeing some offers that are coming in over the listing uh, price. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes it's significantly over. Like we've heard these nuanced stories where it's been $100,000 over the list price. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, yeah. sometimes the list price is low just to create that bidding war. But I think there's a, a fine balance between, you know, are you just getting a house for the sake of getting a house and you'll pay whatever that dollar amount is. And that can be a challenging thing for consumers because if the property needs an appraisal and if the value is not supported, um, we use the lower of the two. It's either the purchase price or the appraised value. So if the appraisal comes in lower than the purchase price, there's really two options. Either the buyer can go back to the seller and negotiate a lower price, which may or may not work, or the buyer has to pay dollar for dollar in cash over and above whatever that um, appraisal value comes right, in at. Right. Okay, uh, we're up against a break. James, thank you for doing this, uh, of course. We appreciate it. Thank you, Todd. Thank okay, you, Okay, take care. That's uh, James Dwyer with Ongle and Volkers. And, uh, Clinton, you're going to stick around, obviously, because we've got, we're going to chat with a lawyer as well. Uh, so you're sticking around, right, Clinton, and taking calls yeah, between 10, 30, and 11. We're sticking around, and we'd love to have some calls in the back half of the hour, and I think there's going to be lots of great information. Absolutely. Okay, stick right there. Clinton Wilkins, and we'll continue Mortgage 101 when we come back. All right, back with Mortgage 101 Financial Literacy Month. We will be taking your mortgage-related calls between 10.30 and 11, and Clinton Wilkins, of course, joins us. Uh, Clinton, a, a, a listener wants you to repeat those apps you mentioned for Equifax and the, and the other two apps there. And that, TransUnion, okay. Yeah. yeah, so for Equifax and TransUnion, there's two free apps. So you don't necessarily need to pay for the monthly credit monitoring. Mm-hmm. The free apps are Borrowwell and Credit Karma, and they both can be downloaded from the App Store. They're free. Download them, and there'll be some validation questions, and they'll send you you know, weekly updates, alerts, and uh, lots of great information through the app. I love it. I have them personally, and I really recommend it to anyone who um, really wants to keep an eye on their credit. Borrow well, and the other one is Borrow what again? Well. Credit Karma. Right, Credit Karma. Okay, excellent. All right, another uh, partner that uh, you, you uh, use is Daniel McLean, who is a lawyer with DCL Law. Danielle, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for doing this. We appreciate your time very much. What's it like to work with Clinton? <laughs> Clinton's fabulous to work for, of course. Yes, absolutely. Fabulous. I love it. I mean, maybe we should put that in our tagline. Just fabulous. Just well, Clinton. No, that's, know, that's a good one, Clinton. Clinton Wilkins, just fabulous. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. There's a lot of value in working with someone with a lot of experience like you, Clinton. It makes my job a lot easier. You got it. So let's talk about that, Danielle. Uh, when it comes to pulling deals together, and and sometimes you got to be able to pivot, and, and I'm sure that you, you – you spend a lot of time uh, working with clients and, and doing everything you can because there's a lot to it, right, obviously. Well, and just even yeah, think about, like, spousal buyouts, too. Like, right. spousal buyouts, Danielle, are huge. Yeah. Spousal buyouts we're seeing a lot more of lately, and I don't know if that's, you know, a product of the pandemic or a product of the times or, uh, mm-hmm. or what that is. But those can be fairly labor-intensive, and what that does is that allows something to borrow up to 95% of the value of the property in order to buy out uh, their partner. So those need significant extra legal work. Uh, yeah. Danielle, when it comes to closing costs, is this something, and I know Clinton does a good job at, at making sure people are aware of this, but I'm sure you run into some surprises on closing day sometimes, people scrambling to find money. Does that happen? You know, not 
usually, not if a client is well-informed and their lender or their broker has been uh, informing them along the way. Every now and then we'll be late getting something from a lender and it turns out that they're getting a lot less money than they thought. Uh, but if they've got good people behind them, then there shouldn't be any huge surprises. What's that? What the, What's the biggest bill or, or when it comes to the land, the land transfer tax or there's one I can't remember what it was but it was a it was a pretty big number I think it's one percent or something of the purchase what is that that's your deed transfer tax right. so that's one and a half percent of your purchase price it yeah. actually varies depending on the municipality but in Halifax it's one and a half percent of your purchase price yeah. you've also typically got have to adjust for prepaid property taxes so your taxes mm-hmm. in Halifax are always paid six months ahead. So typically your seller has already paid that bill. So a buyer would then credit that back. Typically as well, if you've got oil or propane, they're going to fill that tank up to the top and then bill you as the buyer back mm-hmm. for a full tank of that. And then you've got things like if they've got a heat pump lease, you might have to assume and adjust for something that's prepaid, prepaid condo fees, all that good stuff. So Clinton, you do your best to prime people, and, and uh, when it comes to knowledge of all of these the, these issues, right? And not everybody would do that. So, so tell us about how you try and prep your clients to know that these are this is the reality. They have to have the money in in the bank on closing day. It's got to be there, right? Yeah. So when we go through our pre approval process, we show the clients what the down payment and what we think the estimate is of the closing costs. Obviously, lawyers like Danielle will do the exact dollar amount and they will give uh, what's called a statement of adjustments right to the exact penny. And then the clients would bring in the balance of the down payment, the closing costs, uh, less the adjustment for the deposit that they would have on their purchase agreement. And they would bring a bank draft directly into the lawyer's office to balance out um, the funds that are needed to close with along along with the, the mortgage proceeds. And Daniel, I'm sure you can speak to this, but you know, in today's world, time is money. So we always try to get our files wrapped up well, well in advance, because as we know, um, things are slower now than they ever have been. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it can be very frustrating for clients if there's delays in getting. For me, I need something called mortgage instructions. So when the broker or the lender has completed their work at their end, it still takes a little bit of time for all that to come through to me. And I can't tell clients at the end of the day what they need in order to close their transaction until I hear from the lender. And if I'm getting something two or three days before closing, it puts a lot of pressure on both me and my client in particular, if there's some surprises in there in the mortgage documents. Yeah. So as a lawyer, we're always very appreciative of uh, people that have all of their ducks in a row well in advance so that we can properly prepare our clients. Yeah, and, and Danielle, it's a really exciting day for people, and you don't, you, don't, you don't want it. And it's a stressful day, too, right? I mean, it's just this, until that deal is closed, it's, there's always that little stress. And it's just so integral to make it as smooth as possible. I'm sure you'd agree with that, right? Oh, and, you know, clients get to me sometimes and they're just vibrating. They're so stressed out, especially now in this market. It's been so competitive for everybody. It's lost out on all these different deals. Uh, and, you know, they get to me and they're like, oh, really? This is the last thing. It's going to be mine. And I love that part of my job when it's all done and we sign off and I say, okay, guess what? It's going to be yours in a few days. Uh, but it, it does create a lot of stress on people right up until that moment that right. they come in to see me. It's always worried that something's not going to work out. Right. Danielle, if people want to want to utilize your services, they can get a hold of you at DCL Law, correct, obviously? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Happy to help. Okay. Appreciate it very much. 
Clinton. I just want to reiterate, yeah. it's, it's, it's so important to have the right people on your team. Yeah. You know, we can arrange the best mortgage ever, but, you know, if you don't have, you know, a lawyer that is actively practicing real estate law on your side, or if you don't have a great licensee in terms of a realtor, you know, it can be a bumpy process. And, you know, we can do the best job ever, but it won't be smooth if you don't have the right people. So I think it's really, really just important to make sure that you're working with the best team. Excellent. Thank you, Danielle. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Okay, take, take care. care. All right, Clinton, so we're going to take some calls, and uh, this is what this is the bread and butter. This is what you like to do to help people, obviously, right? I, I love giving the advice, and I think it just brings up such such great conversation. So I really encourage people to call in, and we're going to take some calls here on the back end. Okay, excellent. Stick around. 902-405-6000 or 877-801-8255. That's the way to reach us for your mortgage-related calls. We've got Clinton to the top of the hour. Uh, perhaps you're in, in business for yourself. Perhaps you've got questions about credit. Perhaps you've got questions about offers and pre-approvals and, and renewals and whatever it might be. A lot of uh, moving parts when it comes to mortgage lending. 902-405-6000 is the way to reach us or 877-801-8255. We'll continue with the Mortgage 101 after the news. It's Mortgage 101 taking your calls with Clinton Wilkins to the top of the hour. 902-405-6000 is the way to reach us or 877-801-8255. Again, 902-405-6000 or 877-801-8255. Let's get to it with Corey. Corey, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Go ahead with your question for Clinton. Uh, hi, thanks. Um, I've had my mortgage now, so it's four and a half years, so I'll be up for renewal uh, next June. Yeah. And um, I had great credit when I got the house and stuff, but I did have a couple dings uh, since then. And okay. so what I was wondering is, will the bank still offer me the good rate or will they possibly try to jack my interest rate when it's up for renewal? They may increase your rate. It all depends on how your payment history has been with them. Some lenders okay. do a full credit inquiry before offering you renewal options. So it's going to be very, very important when you receive your renewal offer from your existing lender to really review your entire situation. Because there might be a solution to move you to another lender, regardless of your credit dings that you're talking about. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. if that's been resolved, you know, there's certainly an opportunity maybe for uh, unbiased mortgage professional like us to get involved to get you a better situation. So I think that's a conversation to have probably... In February, March, we like to start the conversation 120 mm-hmm. days prior to the renewal date. So certainly reach out to us or another unbiased mortgage professional in your area. Uh, start the conversation 120 days prior just so you're prepared and know really what your options are leading into that mm-hmm. renewal. Because, you know, there's oftentimes lots of solutions and sometimes a new lender may treat you better than the existing lender is going to be, especially if there's been some challenges throughout the term. Okay. I've, yeah, I've never actually had any problems with my lender. Uh, I okay. pay weekly and accel- accelerated weekly plus extra payments. So I've okay. never had an awesome. issue with them. Okay, that's good, good. Um, now, on the whole credit inquiry piece, uh, the lender can really do an inquiry on you anytime. That's part of your credit agreement with them. So likely they will do a credit inquiry at renewal. It's not the practice of every lender. So I would just wait and see what happens. But I think... Uh, still, the best practice would be 
to get some unbiased advice that 120 days prior and just know if you can transfer out or not. And you may even be able to get an approval at that 120-day mark, uh, regardless of what your lender is offering you. Um, So I think that's something you should certainly consider. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much. Thanks, really Corey. Appreciate, appreciate the call. 902-405-6000 or 877-80-8255. Just like that, that you can get your mortgage-related questions answered. 902-405-6000 or 877-801-8255. Alan sends me this message. Clinton says, if investment consortiums are buying residential homes in HRM, do you know anything about this? Uh, I would say if they are, it's few and far between. You know, I haven't seen, at least through our office, any of that type of situation. I can tell you the market certainly is hot, but investment corporations are not buying up bulks of, of, of properties. Um, really, today, the majority of the transactions that are happening are for owner-occupied properties. Okay, we're going to get to the phones in just another sec, but first, uh, this uh, question uh, a, a caller wants to know how you feel or if you support people taking money out of their RSPs to purchase homes. Love it. Love it. Yeah. It is like the number one thing that we recommend. And the federal government has actually changed the rules. So uh, you can now take up to $35,000 out each as a first-time home buyer. Um, it's such a great program. You have 15 years to put the money back in your RSP. So we certainly recommend that. Uh, you know, another great source of down payment is the bank of mother and father. We see a lot of gifts. Um, many, many first-time home buyers are getting gifts from family. It's just a good way to get in the door. And, uh, you know, if that's available, also a great solution. And I really want to draw the attention to the first time home buyers incentive. Uh, it's very good for Halifax and Atlantic Canada. The way that that works is on a resale home, the federal government will loan you uh, 5%. And on a new construction, they will loan you 10%. It's a great way to increase your down payment, which will decrease your CMHC um, premium and it will also decrease your insurance cost. And the way that the program works is when you go to pay it back, it's either in 25 years, when you sell the property, or if it ever becomes a rental, you will then pay back either the 5% or 10%, depending on which way on the program you go, Mm -hmm. of what the property value is when you pay them back. So it's a great program for people here because one of the caveats of the program is uh, the incentive amount and the mortgage amount can only uh, add up to a maximum of four times your annual income. Um, so that base, and they have a cap at 120,000 a year of household income. So it works great for a lot of people here. Not everyone, of course, yeah. but it's certainly something that we talk to consumers about when we're going through that pre-approval process. Okay, let's go back to the phones. Rick, good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. Go ahead with your question for Clinton, please. Yeah, I have a, a question more to do with strategy. Uh, we want to downsize. Um, I was told recently our house is worth about four fifty, okay. and we have have quite a bit of debt. So we want to get rid of all the debt uh, and downsize. We were actually thinking of moving a little bit further out of Metro, okay. uh, but just trying to uh, how to sell and then buy when you have a lot of debt and your credit history isn't greatest because of it. <laughs> Well, you know what? I think that starting with a pre-approval is super important. Um, so oftentimes what we will do when someone's selling a house and buying another house, if we can't make those numbers jive based on their indebtedness, sometimes we'll condition for some of that debt to be paid out of the sale. And you might be able to clear all of your debt. Um, and now when you're buying a new owner-occupied property, 
uh, hypothetically, you can finance up to 95% of your new purchase. So maybe you only need 5% down on this new home that you're going to buy. The one caveat I will tell you is if the credit score is low, so if it's under 680, you then cannot get insurance with CMHC. The other two insurers will insure you as long as, you know, there's a good story and the credit is decent, we can get insurance. But the further that you go out of Metro, the less appetite the insurers have because they feel like it's riskier in more rural areas, specifically on homes with well and septic are a higher risk than on city services. So I think that sometimes it is uh, coming to get some advice. And maybe what you do, Rick, is we come and get the pre-approval, and maybe we can't pre-approve you right now, but maybe we can make a plan. So maybe you sell your existing home, we tell you exactly what to pay off, and then we wait for your credit to rebound. And maybe you rent a house or you rent a, a situation for three or four months while you let your credit rebound, and then we make a plan to buy the new property. So, you know, for you, it may be important to download these apps like Credit Karma and Borrowell, know what's going on with the credit, and come in and get a pre-approval conditional on the sale of your home, and we can make a plan. We have these conversations with consumers every day. So I think that, you know, really starting with that pre-approval process for you is going to be super important. How, How long does it take for your credit to rebound? So if you're paying down debt, typically it takes about two statement cycles. So we usually tell consumers three, four months, and you're good. Um, you know, okay. sometimes it can happen faster. If we're fixing an error on a credit bureau, sometimes that takes between two and 30 days. Um, but in your situation where, you know, really paying down the debt is what's going to boost your credit score, probably three, four months is is how long it's going to take. Okay. okay. Do you think it's a good strategy to move slightly outside of Metro to take advantage of the market there? Because I hear like Elmsdale and, and Enfield, Lance, these are going to be really growing well, I think that, you know, whatever you can do to lower your, your monthly cost is going to be good in your situation. So I think it's going to be more about price point maybe than it is about location because there's going to be a balance between you moving out of the city and then your cost for transportation, especially if you're, you're working in Halifax. You know, you need to balance out the monthly housing costs with your monthly, you know, servicing costs in terms of, like, transportation and other things like wear and tear on the vehicle. So I think there's going to be a balance there. So I think that, you know, there's some pros and cons to weigh, to weigh out. Maybe you just buy a more conservative home in Halifax. And the one great thing about Halifax, and I say this over and over again, is the dream of home ownership is achievable for many, many people. Because, you know, there, if you can't afford a home for 450 you might be able to afford a home for 350 or 250 or 200 And there are homes available in that price point, which I think is so, so cool. And we're seeing a lot of people move from places like Toronto where they're selling their one-bedroom condo at $500,000 a year and they're able to get an entire house that might even be new construction for less than that in Halifax. And I think our quality of life here is just so much better. So for you, Rick, I think the first step is going to be the pre-approval and then figure out what your plan is from there. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Rick. Good luck. Take care. 902-405-6000 or 877-801-8255. Just as simple as that, mortgage-related questions. We've got Clinton to the top of the hour. If you've got questions like that, he's the guy to ask. 902-405-6000 or 877-801-8255. Clinton, before I go to break, I wanted to mention you talked about those apps. 
I don't know what it is with me, but I'm 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 paranoid online about going to websites and giving my information because you hear about these ghost websites. They look exactly like they are, but they're slightly different. And what advice yeah. can you give people like me who are just a little paranoid about doing this stuff online? Because people get burned, right? I think it's going to those trusted sources. You know, the app source, the app store is vetted, so you're you're good on anything that's on the app store. They do their due diligence. Go to websites that you know. And I think that when you go into Google and you're searching things, you know, sometimes that's when the problems happen. Mm -hmm. I think going to the trusted sources, going to, you know, places that are vetted, places that you know, places that are local are good. And I think that checking out things like reviews. For us, we have, I think, 150 reviews on Google. We have the most reviews of any mortgage originator in Atlantic Canada. And I think that really speaks to, you know, the quality value and service that clients are going to get. You need to check and you need to get some references. So I think getting advice from realtors, from lawyers, from your mortgage broker is going to be important because not every source is the same. And I need to say, you know, it's even the same thing for lenders. Not every lender is the same. And we don't deal with every lender, but we have access to about 40 different lenders. Mm -hmm. And different lenders are right for different consumers based on their situation. And you know what? We're using the same five or six lenders every day, but we're able to give you that expert advice on what is the best solution on a go-forward basis. Because we're in this for the long run. We're not the one-and-done mortgage you know, broker. We stay in touch with our clients. We do an annual review and we're really going to get involved again at renewal. And I've said it and I'll say it again, you know, lenders treat new customers better than they treat their existing the majority of the time. And coming to someone like me where you can get that expert advice, I'm in this for the long run. I've been doing it for 14 years and we've done almost 3,300 transactions for over $700 million. We know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's everybody's situation is so, so different. I know you mentioned self-employed. Self-employed people really need to seek the advice of an unbiased mortgage professional. I would say 30% plus of our clients are self-employed. And more and more uh, Canadians are becoming self-employed every year. And it can become challenging for people who are self-employed to get a mortgage. Because we all know that self-employed people love paying the least amount of income tax possible. You know, we're writing off our car, our home, all kinds of expenses. And when it comes to the end of the day, sometimes the income that's showing on that income tax is not enough to service the debt. And there are solutions out there for self-employed people. And I think that self-employed is actually a lower risk than it is for someone who's salaried. You know, the reason being is if you're self-employed and you need to make more money, you can just work harder. When you're on a salary, it's a fixed income and you need to live within your means. So, you know, I really think self-employed, there's lots of stated income programs out there and, you know, self-employed people really need to seek the advice of a mortgage broker. All right. Stick right there, Clinton. Uh, we've got you to the top of the hour. We appreciate it. 902-405-6000 or 877-801-8255. Mortgage 101 when we come back. All right, it's Mortgage 101, Financial Literacy Month as well. This is the last opportunity we have to chat with Clinton for the year. Uh, certainly, it's the wrap-up. It's, it's the, the, it's the been a ride. It has been a wild ride, my friend. 902-405-6000 or 877-801-8255. Mortgage-related questions. 
Again, 902-405-6000 or 877-801-8255. Bill, good morning. Hi, Bill. Good morning, Todd. How are you today? I'm well. Yourself? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. Excellent. Still on the right side of the graph. You got it. Go ahead with your question for Clinton. Um, I recently moved here from out west, and I'm been getting mixed information, I guess. I, I want to buy a house uh, somewhere in the 450 to 550 range, and I have the money to buy it. But should I invest my money and get a mortgage with the way the rates are, or should I just not bother and just go ahead and buy it? Good question. I think that's a great question, Bill, and I get these questions quite a lot. And I actually see a lot of consumers who currently own their home free and clear that are taking out a mortgage for investment purposes. So right now, uh, where the rates are sitting, if you did a five-year fixed, on a maximum of 25-year amortization, you are going to get a rate below 2%. So right now, the average consumer is getting about 1.99. If you are a savvy investor and you can get some advice from a financial planner, you know, majority of consumers are making more than 5% on on their money. So I think it could be a great bet to, you know, mortgage your home up to 80% of the value. I wouldn't go higher than 80. uh, And then you can get a really great rate and then invest those funds, um, and you should be able to get a, a good return on that investment. Now, when the mortgage comes up renewal in five years, we have no idea where the rates are going to be. And maybe that's a decision at that point that you may cash out those investments and pay off the mortgage or maybe pay it down. Um, but that's a conversation we can have in five years. My recommendation is finance up to 80% of your purchase and invest your funds. It's never cheaper to put down less than 20% because you have to pay those insurance premiums. Although the rates on an insured mortgage are lower today, uh, you'd be looking at a rate maybe about 1.74 to 1.84, but the cost of the insurance does not outweigh the lower rate. My recommendation is buy the home, put down 20%, and then mortgage the difference. There's actually a book out there if you want to check it out. It's called The Smith Maneuver. And it recommends always keeping your mortgage at that 80% mark, even when it comes up for renewal. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. 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 So maybe check, wow. out, check, check, the, check out the book. You should be able to, I think, rent it or borrow it, sorry, at the library. I, it's also available at Chapters, Coles, Indigo. What was and that book there, called you again? Check, you could, it's called The Smith Maneuver. Okay. All right. Now, would yeah. it, one quick question. Would it be better to not mortgage 80%? Like, maybe 50% or something like that, would I get a better rate? If you mortgage only at 65%, you may be able to get a slightly lower rate. You may be able to get maybe 1.84. So I think it's going to be a conversation that you have with your financial advisor. Is it better to mortgage at 65% and get 1.84 or 80% and 199? The difference between 199 and 184 are very marginal. So likely they're going to want to invest the maximum amount of money they can to get you that return on investment. And, you know, likely they're going to want to get you into something that you're going to be getting those returns, those dividends, something that's going to help you pay down that mortgage. Um, But I would not do any extra lump sum payments. I would just amortize it at 25 years and uh, let it roll. And then we can have a different conversation when it comes up for renewal in five years. Right. Okay. Okay. Thank hopefully you very that, much. Hopefully that helps and check out the Smith Maneuver. Okay, Bill. Thanks for okay, the call. Thanks. Appreciate it. Nine, thanks, you got it. Take care. 902-405-6000 or 877-801-8255. The Smith Maneuver, eh? That's what it's called, that book? 
That's what it's called. And the Smith Maneuver was really popular, I think, in the early 2000s. Um, you know, people haven't been talking about it as much lately because maybe the, you know, the rates weren't as high or I'm not really sure. But, you know, uh, we had conversations every day with clients about the Smith Maneuver. And we actually had cases of the books. We used to give these these books out for free to our consumers. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been as popular because I don't think people are reading as many books now today as they once were, Todd, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. You know, we're going online. We're getting our information there. Uh, you know, nobody was Googling anything about mortgage lending 14 years ago. So having that paper, you know, book in their hand, so important. And you know what? I even wrote a book about mortgage lending. I love mortgage lending so much. And, Mm -hmm. you know, consumers can check that out. It's at the Halifax Library. You can rent it. It's called Confessions of a Halifax Mortgage Broker. And uh, it's also available on Amazon.com. And you can order your copy and read your house. And you can learn all of it. Are there any any salacious personal things in there about Clinton? It sounds sounds a little little bit provocative, I have to say. I have to say that title. Yeah. I, I tell my entire story, and I give examples of real live consumer situations. Obviously, we change the names because I don't want to give anybody's personal information. But there's real stories of consumers in this book, and there is the story of my life and how I got to where I am now. Okay, so a wrap on out. so a wrap on financial literacy month again, and 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 a wrap on 2020. What's your what are your closing comments? I guess for people. Well, I think 2020 is probably the most challenging time for anyone. I can tell you personally, for me, like I lost my um, mom in 2020. You know, that was tough. And, you know, I love going on vacation and I haven't been anywhere, which is also challenging. And I don't think I've ever worked as hard as I have uh, in the past 14 years as I have in 2020. You know, one of those reasons were that many of the bank branches were either closed or had reduced hours, and we were really taking up that backlog, which was great. We were there for consumers when things were tough. You know, we set up pages for COVID-19 resources. We talked to clients about deferrals and how to really protect their financial position. And I can tell you today, um, we didn't know where we were going to be. I was concerned in March that lenders weren't going to continue lending. I was concerned realtors weren't going to continue selling homes. Lawyers weren't going to continue practicing. But guess what? We made it happen. And Halifax is one of the greatest places on earth, I think. I'm proud to live here. I'm proud to do business here. And, you know, home ownership is part of the Canadian dream. And it is still available here in Halifax. And I think that having those conversations, really, really important. And, you know, I'm looking forward to 2021. I think it's still going to be busy. I'm having conversations with buyers every day. And they're asking me, Clinton, do you think that I should buy now or should I wait for the prices to come down? I don't think the prices are going down. I don't think that the the situation here is going to change. If anything, I think it may become more aggressive. We've never had a boom in Halifax. We've had one, two, three percent growth. And, you know, the Halifax uh, partnership and uh, the chamber, uh, they think that the population in Halifax is going to grow by 25% over the next five years. We are seeing it. We are seeing people that want to move in here from outside the country and within Canada. They want to relocate to Halifax because homeownership is still available. You know, our average house price is in the $350,000 range, and we have a very stable economy here. So I think there's a lot of exciting things going on, and I'm excited to be a part of that. And I'm excited to make the dreams of homeownership happen for Canadians every day.
All right, Ted, quickly, people want to get a hold of you. Do they can uh, Online is the best uh, first source, right? The best first source. We have over 300 blog posts of lots of great information, and we have a resource page set up for Financial Literacy Month. Uh, check us out online at teamclinton.ca slash radio. I really want to encourage everyone, November, Financial Literacy Month, have a look in the mirror. Have a look at your credit, your assets, and your income, and you know, have the conversations around home ownership. It's the biggest purchase of your life, and the mortgage is the biggest debt, and we're here to help. Clinton, always a real distinct pleasure, and we'll chat in the new year. Thank you so much, my friend. Thanks for having me, Todd, and uh, uh, have a great rest of 2020. All right, take care. Clinton Wilkins, get a hold of him if you uh, have any mortgage needs. The best in the business.